0: Bases loaded and one out. Oh my Central, God, deep to
1: right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck, walk off, home run. Grand slash. And everybody, to episode 138 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And today, I have a very special guest, Rotowire's senior editor, Host of the RotoWire Fantasy Sports today on SiriusXM, and of course you can catch him on the RotoWire podcast. It's Mr. Jeff Erickson himself. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson. Very similar Twitter handle, so maybe it's like I almost I copied you without trying. But Jeff, thank you for joining me today, man. No problem. You know,
0: I I, I have that Twitter handle because the no the Jeff Erickson without an underscore was already taken. You know, I there's a guy there's a professor at the University of Illinois. Really smart guy, and uh, he, he beat me to Twitter, and I feel bad for him, because he probably gets a ton of fancy sports questions. I don't get anything that's directed to him, uh, you know, he, <laughs> it, would be it's just a one-way street here, and so I feel bad for him on, upon time, especially football season. I think baseball, for whatever reason, baseball Twitter has been more, I, I'm trying to think of the way, genteel uh you know it's more conversational whereas football twitter it's kind of like oh you are wrong about this it, i'm 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 far more likely to get a freezing cold take from a a football tweet than i am from a baseball tweet
1: yeah i've i can't say i've noticed it so to speak but i th- i think i cuz i don't do football so like as an analyst so but i do see i feel like it's definitely a whole new world over there and it's a very different like alpha type of world it seems like at times so i don't know i I like the fantasy baseball side of things i'm glad that you are here for the fantasy baseball side of things because now that the super bowl happened which i don't know if you had any rooting interest but the game was kind of eh, to me i don't know how you liked it how how was your super bowl um you know i was rooting for the Chiefs. i went to high
0: school in kansas and my parents are Chiefs fans my brother's a Chiefs fan i'm actually a Bengals because i i grew (laughs) up in indiana
1: Going uh, you know, for punishment there, <laughs> yeah. So you
0: know, it's it's my my rooting interests are terrible, but uh <laughs> it's okay. And the thing is, I like the Chiefs too. I just like the way they I like their offense. I like Andy Reid. I love Mahomes, and they just laid an egg yesterday. And you know, the offensive line just had no chance, and so the, thus Mahomes had no chance. But the yeah. defense didn't play well for the Chiefs. Anymore. It's just I, I wanted a close game too, and it wasn't that. Yeah,
1: yeah I wanted just because I had no rooting interest. I'm a Dolphins fan. I haven't had rooting interest in the playoffs in years, um, <laughs> but it also, and you get as a Bengals fan, you understand that probably has been a while, but anyway, I haven't won a playoff game since the nineties. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'd say you feel that, but uh, this isn't a football podcast. This is a baseball podcast. So right. we should probably get to the baseball stuff, but yeah, it's officially baseball season as most people would say. And we're just, again, I'm branching out, getting some guests on. You have, uh, you have your many stops coming up. So I'm glad I grabbed you for this spot, but I want to get to know you a little bit. However, a quick reminder that the Bases Loaded podcast is part of the Roto Baller Radio Network. And with the Bases Loaded podcast continuing as part of the Roto Baller Radio Network, since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fan- fanatics their fix for in depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Roto Baller's 2021 MLB draft kit is live, and all Bases Loaded pod listeners can get 10% off Roto Baller's draft kit by using the discount code Bases Loaded. That's bases loaded, all one word. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pro's accuracy ranker, Nick Mariano. Nick's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of the Rotoballer draft kit, along with printable cheat sheets, our top draft sleepers, and more than 300 2021 player outlooks and tons of in-season tools. All of this fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code bases loaded. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today and obviously listeners might know who you are, where you're coming from, but I don't think I've ever had a chance to really ask you and talk to you about it. So if you don't mind, uh, how did you even get started in the industry as a whole? So
0: in 1997, actually winter 96, my good friend Peter Shanky, uh, who I'm in a bunch of leagues with, and that's how I got started in fantasy. we went to Northwestern together. He, he, he was at the time a reporter for the wall street journal, and he could see the internet wave coming. He could see how it was going to transform information because we used to do it for fantasy baseball trying to get news on our players out of market was ridiculously difficult you're (laughs) you're hoping that they get mentioned on sports center otherwise you're waiting for the like the uh, the news and notes column in usa today which is usually a day and a half to two days three days later on why your guy missed a game unless it's a major major player so we figured that there you know we, we noticed that every newspaper was getting online he noticed this and said hey you know, people could use this information. You do well in our leagues. You'd be good on the advice side. I know the technology. I know the business. Uh, and our third uh, co-founder Herb Ilk, wanted to build the website. Wanted to build a database. And so the three of us kind of came together. To the idea. Peter and I. Uh, we went down. Did a uh, road trip to the out uh, to the Citrus Bowl. Northwestern versus Tennessee, playing uh, Peyton Manning uh, in his last collegiate game in uh, New Year's Day, 1996. But on that drive from uh, Chicago to Florida and and back, we fleshed out the idea a lot and thought about what we're going to do with it and all that and kind of started it there. I was studying for the bar exam uh, and so I should say January 1st, 1997, Uh, studying for the bar exam, took the bar exam and passed, but never uh, practiced. uh, And we launched a little soft launch in like February and it blew up really quickly. John Hunt noticed us in Baseball Weekly, gave us like a screenshot of the site like three or four different times that first year. And every time our traffic would quadruple. And it was an idea that, right idea at the right time. And it just really took off from there, starting with
1: baseball coverage. And that kind of transitions perfectly into pretty much how much I've even noticed things have changed. I'm still relatively new. I've been around for three or so years. And I've just noticed an influx of content, of people getting into it, podcasts popping up. Mm -hmm. Even five or so years ago, a new podcast wasn't something you find. People weren't starting prep until January or so. You weren't hearing podcasts until January, maybe maybe, maybe even early February. Now you have pretty much podcasts year-round, different niches being, or niches, however you want to say it, um, popping up in terms of like what's being covered. And besides that, because I mean, that's a huge thing. Is there anything else that's really stood out to you? I, I hate to steal your thunder if I did. Oh, no, not at all.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, well, it's just that there's so many different ways to play fantasy, uh, yeah. fantasy baseball. I mean, whether it's, you know, you know, the NFPC formats, which have really taken off, uh, whether it's best balls, which are now a huge thing, course, DFS, there's always something else to do. Uh, And, you know, before, you know, we went from like a only, NL only, those are the only ways to do it you can only do it in an auction. (laughs) You know, there, you know, snake drafts were just, Oh, that's just for the people that really don't, they're just dilettantes in, in fantasy baseball. And to now that being the primary format, you know, head to head's a big thing. You know, we're talking about new categories. I play score sheet. I play stratomatic. I play a lot of different ways. Uh, and you realize there's there's adherence to every single different way. And I want to be able to speak to them all. So I try to play as many as I possibly can. And I feel like I'm I'm, I'm I every year I say I'm going to cut back leagues. And then next thing you know, I'm adding <laughs> one. So who knows? But uh it, it really has exploded. And you're right. The podcasting side of things has blown up. They the way we analyze completely changed. The mo- information at our fingertips has just exploded. I mean, first, yeah. just, you know, the, there was the sabermetric revolution. That wasn't enough. Now we have to have, you know, video, we, you know, all the StatCast information, just digging in the, the granular information. Someone like Alex Chamberlain doing all like his yeah. picture pit, uh, by pitch lists. And, and he wrote a feature for our magazine, which is I uh, went to finally went to the printer on Thursday night, conveniently right before Bauer yeah. and Azuna signed. But, <laughs> Always, <laughs> uh, always. And it's always true. It's always the way it is. If you want, if we really wanted to speed up the offseason, we should have accelerated our pub our pub date. But, uh, it, it, it's really amazing. Just the the breadth of information. It's impossible to stay on top of it. There's, you know, Chris from baseball pods did the, uh, the bracket thing last year. And that alerted me to so many great uh, podcasts out there that I wasn't already listening to. And I'm trying to listen to more. I really can't. I, just, I have so much bandwidth, you know, but, uh <laughs> You know, it's just at some point you just have to cut it off. And, and frankly, you need a break from what you do constantly, too. Uh You need other inputs in life. As much as baseball and OBP is life, there are other aspects of life, too, that I want to enjoy. For instance, my kids, Um uh, they, they're not going to be into fantasy best, so I have to spend some other time, too. But the <laughs> point is, there's just all this great stuff out there. And, you know... It, I think if you try to catch all of it, you're just, you're going to miss a lot anyhow. Cause it's just too much.
1: But you know, I, I, the whole point is you can avail yourself to a lot and better yourself over time. Oh, for sure. And, I, and every time it's, it's like, I never thought i knew everything, but I'm always like, okay, cool. Like I know this, I have a grasp on it. And then somebody comes up with this great new metric and you're like, Oh, now I have to learn that. And now it's like, it's forever, it's ever changing, which is awesome. Cause that way you can never really get stagnant in your growth. But Man, it could be a little overwhelming at times as well. And at at what point is there such thing? Is there such thing as too much? Uh, it's just a matter. I think of learning how to
0: parse it, learning how to yeah. streamline it. I, I think that's the important part. Uh, there, yeah, there is. There, there's always been a thing. It's a baseball a complicated game. It doesn't yeah. lend itself to a quick and easy, you know, hard fast. You know, these these five hard fast rules. Now, I know there are systems that help. I, this is not meant to denigrate like Rick and uh, Rick, Col- uh, Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton for their smart system. It obviously works for them. Uh, and it helps to still, it, it's a starting point uh, and it helps frame that knowledge. But yeah, there, there's obviously, I think there's like, like most things in life, there's too much, you know, you study the law and you can just go in circles trying to study everything. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, you're studying, especially as a first year in law, I mean, it's just overwhelming. Civ pro, it's just overwhelming the number of rules that you have to try to stay in touch with and which... Where they apply and where they don't, and all that. I mean, it, it, it's an important skill to be
1: able to see what that means. And sometimes you can get lost in the woods easily. I do. Yeah, I think we all do. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, if there was anything you would even recommend for somebody wanting to even get started, is there some advice that comes to mind? I know this wasn't part of it, but now I'm just kind of going down this rabbit hole. Of, like, there's just because like it is very overwhelming if you're trying to get into it with no real guidance. And I just, what would you say to somebody who wants to give it a go and maybe where they should start?
0: You know, that, that's a great question. Cause I've been so immersed in this. I haven't had to think about starting. It's like, I don't even have a resume. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't have like that fresh powder feeling. I mean, I'm kind of jealous in a way because, you know, there's so much to explore. I, you know, we've got like a one-on-one series on Roto-Wire. A lot of people do have that, you know, as a starting point. You now, I, I, I. Now, funny thing is, I've never read the original fantasy baseball, the rotisserie baseball book. I wish I would have. Um, it, it'd be a fun starting point. I mean, I think you can go a lot of different ways. You know, I'm sure you're pretty familiar with uh, the baseball forecaster, I think that does a great job. First, they're always first out, too. Um, I think the best way to learn is just by doing getting it, get in the yeah. league. If you're looking now, if you're looking to play for the first time, that's how I do it. Uh, as far as like getting in our side of the coin, uh, of the uh, there and being purveyor of information just write just talk just keep doing show what you share what you know and maybe it's been done before but it in fact it probably has but you know you may have a different take on it different way of presenting it just keep doing uh and hopefully you know and of course share with people get in conversations join twitter you know twitter is not everyone likes to joke twitter's accessible i like twitter i i'm a, yeah. a, i think yeah there are there are toxic people don't don't respond to them <laughs> don't don't get caught up in the flame war unless that's yeah. your style uh, but just interact with uh yeah. you know when when we have conferences again like first pitch Arizona go to them if you can and that's in it maybe or, or go to like the the sessions that, that that are like one day sessions go if you can if you're in New York and during TOW Wars when we have it live again go to TOW wars just to come see it uh you know and, and ask to help out Justin Mason is a great example of that you know he's trying to get a toehold in the fantasy sports community. And, you know, he's offered to show up at tout war said, Hey, you know, if you want me to run a board, you know, run a draft board or what, you know, help a chat room or whatever, I'm happy to help be an auctioneer. I'm happy to help. And, you know, he did that. He started, you know, he's done his podcast. He's got a site. Now he's, on, you know, he does sleeper in the bus a lot with Paul, you know, he's obviously got TGFBI. He started that, which is, you know, cause great awareness for what we've got in our community too, you know, so many websites and so many people that are good writers and talkers, uh, you know, just, you know, give and you'll get back.
1: Yeah. And that's honestly like the, the that's advice is very simple. And, but it's very, at least from my experience is very true because I literally started on a whim because I was mm-hmm. listening to a podcast and I know it was CBS, but I don't remember who I think I want to say it was Scott white. Okay. And I love, and so I, was like, I remember it was like, it was like 10, it was like, Three or four years ago, I was like just sitting there. I'm like, I don't agree with this. I'm like, I guess I have an opinion. And, yeah. I, love the, and I love the talk. And I literally just launched a podcast. But one thing I've noticed in just those three years, Twitter huge. You don't need to be on Twitter, but you can get started on Twitter before you even get started putting out content. Because Twitter, at least over the last year or so, has been really big on inc- like in being inclusive. Really big Absolutely. on trying to help each other out. People like you are making rounds on smaller podcasts, helping us with our outreach. And it means a ton to us. And you know that. And that stuff like that is like a big deal to us. And that wasn't as easily accessible a few years back. Or if it was, it didn't appear to be or feel as as such. Does that make sense? Yeah, It
0: does. And the thing is, I've always found that our community has been is fantastic. I mean, yeah. I was the young guy. You got to remember, when I came in in 90, oh, of no, course, I, you know, at one point you know, I went, I was Peter and I were so lucky. We caught, like I said, we got there at the right time, right place. But John Hunt invited us to labor, I think, in 98. And to a man, everyone's like, "Hey, well, you guys are doing great. Like, welcome here. You want to meet? You want to meet this guy? You want to meet that guy?" Lenny Milnick's like, "Dude, I, you know, I, you know, you saved me all this time. I get up at four in the morning to read all the newspapers, and now you've got it right here. It's amazing. And, you know, here, let me tell you what you're doing wrong about this, and what you're doing right. You know, uh, I, I, you know, so many people in the industry. Gene McCaffrey was that way right away. Uh, you know, Eric Carabel put me on TV uh, for crying out loud on ESPN <laughs> News. I mean, that you know, that's awesome. Yeah, and Eric's a great guy." Uh, and I can go up and down the list our community is amazing. And I don't think most industries are like this. I, 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 maybe I'm, I, maybe I'm wrong about humanity, but I went to law school and I, (laughs) I certainly the legal community was like this. I'm sure there are little pockets like that. You know, you have to gain people's trust and all that, but you know, we're competing with each other, but I don't see too much of the Coke versus Pepsi sort of wars. I don't see too much of that. And, and I think that's a, it's, it's really refreshing. You go to these conferences
1: and it's amazing. I think the big difference is, especially with baseball compared to other sports, is that there is so much to look at. There's different stats, different players, different positions, league depth, prospects. There's hundreds of people and players to look at and things to talk about. Whereas with other sports like football, there's only so many running backs and it's a lot of the same conversations. And there's a lot of the same conversations happening in baseball. Don't, don't get me wrong. But there's different ways to attack it. Like I think there's not, not even different. There's more ways. And because there's so much more to it, that more could be said and more could be discussed, even re- even revolving around the same conversation. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that is what really differenti- differentiates baseball from other sports and the community as a whole. Because, like you said, we might be competing, quote, unquote, but everybody offers a lot of their own like perspectives on things. But And well-educated because there's just so many different ways to, to look at things. It is amazing but at the same time frustrating because obviously the only time we get the answer is at the end of the year but then there's always a justification for almost both sides and that's where things get a little murky it's like look just take your losses and <laughs> move on sometimes but that's that's i think it's human nature people just don't like to admit they're wrong and but although i do see a lot of it on baseball twitter so yeah maybe like yeah. you said it's a little it's a little unique. Yeah.
0: And, and every once in a while, like I saw, I was commenting this weekend how uh, sometimes baseball Twitter, baseball mm. Twitter is becoming DFS Twitter a little bit more, but that's fine. But that that can always be in good, clean fun too. I mean, I was kind of being a little facetious when I uh, tweeted that, but uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, you know, the thing is, we're all we all love baseball mm-hmm. and we all love gaming. I mean, that that's two ways to unite us there, right then and there. And I, you know, it it's no longer. The total nerdy, geeky thing. Now, keep in mind, I am nerdy and geeky both. So am I. <laughs> but, uh It is no longer like the thing that's spurned. I mean, it, now yeah. everyone's like, oh, it used to be like, fantasy. Like, you know, I you know, I was on jury service one time, uh, and you know, the judge at, you know asks everyone what you do for a living. He goes, fancy, fancy sports. Oh, fantasy, <laughs> like like Dungeons and Dragons, and I don't know, fantasy <laughs> like fantasy football, and he, he made some other crack, and it's like he he was almost in a, like a little position like. I'm sitting here and I'm going to put you down there. And you know, like, yeah. three people afterward. They were in the group. I was like, dude, I'm in a fantasy league. What's your site? And all that. oh, you're Royal wire. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And, and so that was pretty cool. But yeah. uh, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm a recovering
1: attorney. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. No, no kidding. And honestly, man, it's it's fantastic that fantasy has become almost quote unquote mainstream. especially on the football side, baseball still has some yeah. catching up to do. But baseball. On both sides of things, real life and fantasy have a lot of catching up to do. Unfortunately, when it comes to appealing to the masses, appealing to the younger crowd, because yeah. baseball hates its fans. But
0: <laughs> well, and th- I think they spend so much time trying to aspire to what they're not and not, instead of building up what they do have, uh, you know, what like they anti market themselves all the time. Look at like you know, all this obsession that Manfred has with speeding up the game. You yeah, know, it's a great game, let it breathe you know no one cares when this you know super bowl is like 4 hours long every year and no one you, you really hear people complaining about how long it takes uh you know don't don't try to be the nba don't try to be the nfl you're you're, you're baseball you know i i get you know there the game can pick up be slow at times uh some of that is just cuz of the the how hard it is now. i mean it it's played at a level that's so hard to explain yeah, try to step into a box against some of these pitchers here and just see <laughs> how embarrassing it is. Like Devin uh, Williams, man, the, the that, movement like... <laughs> that they have on those pitches at the speed. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Adam Montavino said he'd strike
1: out Babe He's not wrong. He's no. right. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's and that's the thing. And that whole era for era thing, like in terms of just trying to compare the two, it doesn't work out. Because of that, because today's game is completely different than even 15 years ago, like 10 years ago, let alone 100 years ago. So, right. yeah, I, to, I totally agree uh, with Ottavino saying that because uh, uh, Babe Ruth wasn't seeing Ottavino's stuff. He didn't have to be in shape like these players do these days to be able to hit the stuff that right. they were hitting. Either. Now, it's ba- a... Would
0: Babe Ruth catch up? Probably. Almost
1: yeah. absolutely so.
0: But the point is, you know, frozen in time, you know, it, it's just a different game completely different Like minutes. let's put barry
1: bonds and mark mcguire down in that era same thing they would dominate absurdly but would the times catch up to them and, you know there's there's the whole thing it's like i'm sure eventually it would even out if you give them time but it's still it's like yeah it's just you can't do that yeah but then again they probably would have oh yeah i don't know steroids were a thing back then too i mean no, they <laughs> just weren't they weren't commonplace in in baseball back then probably throughout time
0: humans have looked for an edge in whatever endeavor there is in life and if steroids
1: existed then they would have used (laughs) probably you know what good point but speaking of edge 2020 i feel like none of us have one entering 2021 because of how crazy 2021 is people look at the numbers including myself we look at the numbers we sit there and think we figured something out but then when we start thinking of just the game itself It was unlike any season we've ever seen. Divisions were changed. People played different uh, teams they probably won't see as much in a full season this year. Just so much about last year was crazy and off. And that alone is hard to quantify because you can't put that into the numbers, so to speak. And how much of 2020 are you really factoring into your player outlooks or your overall draft strategy? And did you learn anything from 20 to 20 that you might stick with 2021 being that we still are going to deal with COVID and all that.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. it, it, and you saw the report today from uh, Ken. Yes. Too. I mean, <laughs> they're going to change the ball. They're going to use yes. more humidors, five more team, five more parks are going to use humidors. Um, And you know, it's funny. Like there used to be a saying that we only use 10% of our brain. Um, I, I don't think that's true. It's been debunked a little bit, but the point is we use a fraction of our brain and the fact that, that applies to like our we we have a capacity to figure out a fraction of the of the game to figure out, you know, we can't really figure out baseball. We can figure out a part of it there. We can figure out certain players sometimes for portions of a season, maybe. But we never have it fully solved. And it's not just because the puzzle keeps moving, but it's hard to begin with. They're dynamic figures. They change. You know, they, you know if this certain pitch isn't working, they're going to change it. And thus a long time, you know, all of a sudden you get these big, dramatic changes in performance.
1: No, 100% agree. And 2020 is just one of those weird things. Like It's hard to determine what's real, what's not. Now, things like maybe a pitch mix change might make you more optimistic on a player. Some velo, uh, upping your velo might might have helped. But how many of these pitchers knew that they can kind of get away with putting a little more into their pitches, knowing that the season was shorter, maybe they weren't worried about fatiguing. And that's another thing. A lot of these players never hit fatigue or didn't have a chance to because the season was shorter. And there's just so much. It's like hard to really pinpoint the right process and every year we have problems you know every year no one's 100% right obviously so coming off 2020 it's just I'm really having a hard time just figuring out how much do I weigh it though
0: yeah uh, I do too and I use (laughs) three-year weighted averages and I always you know you're supposed to do the the, uh, you know the third year the most recent year is supposed to be almost half half the equation well you only have 60 games how can you (laughs) how can it be that way case because we always argue about sample size. What what's a stable sample set, and for what stat? I mean, it, it it's a nightmare to try to project to, use, to do a numerically based projection. And yet here we are, and I've got to do it. You know, yeah. we spent a lot of time today on the the Sirius XM show with Lisa and I uh, talking about how pr- projections, you know, are inherently misleading. You know, it's you know, it only shows a fiftieth percentile in the best uh, you know, in the best of cases. And it can be a lot. It doesn't it's, it shows what's right and wrong. Well, say if it goes right, stays healthy all year. It's really not showing
1: guys upside it doesn't show improvement at all. Uh, it can be terribly missed. And that's that's why even like I'm not a, I'm not an anti-projection guy. I just look at it like the projections are part of the, the puzzle for me because I go into what I try to do. And I know there's like no real world way that there's time to do this for the player pools. And we're going to get into, cause we play into deeper formats as well. You know, you mentioned some old only leagues and FPC mm-hmm. formats, there's no way you're getting your eyes on 750 individual players. Even like I've started doing this in November and I'm probably at close to 300 and that's, and that's still not enough these days, but right. what, I, what I've tried to do, especially with 2020 is put my eyes on as many players as possible and really dive into what happened month to month game logs. Like I'm really putting forth my best effort but it's not gonna. I'm not going to have enough time and it's not going to be enough because at the end of the day, it's still just 60 games.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know what, though? What it's going to do is give you a familiarity with them there and then you use that as a leaping point. And you start doing this. You look at these guys over and over. It becomes a little nestled in your subconscious. You, you Your recall becomes better. You remember, oh, yeah, I remember this, and you can draw a parallel to it. Um, And that's one of the, the advantages of doing it. Now, one of the things I like what you've done is you found a niche. You found a niche with, like, analyzing the lineups every day uh, pointing out what's noticeable and, you know, Twitter is a great medium for starting that and you, you've refined that over time. And, you know, going back to your earlier question about someone getting started, find something you're good at and dig into that, explore that space a little bit more and you'll you'll spread a little farther and farther over time. Uh, but, you know, finding that starting point is great. You know, m- most people don't find a niche. I, and the fact that you
1: did or you did it on, on one area, at least you're ahead of the game. Oh, I got very. I I say it all the time, I got lucky slash fortunate. Like I happened to, I found it. I found it intriguing following daily lineups in spring training last year. I was like, this is. And the first thing, the first thing where I was like, the first claim to like this working was when I saw the, uh, when Mercado came back from injury, that they slid him down to seventh anyway and kept putting Hernandez at the top of the lineup. And people mm-hmm. kept arguing with me. I was like, no, this is just this lineup is consistent there's not like they're getting more they, there's no reason to get at bats for Hernandez he's a he's a proven veteran you get a, at bats for the young guy but the young guy is still sitting at the bottom of the lineup and then the trends picked up in summer camp and I'm like it's still there and I was like people by then people picked up on it and were accepting it but it was very it was a lot it met with a lot of pushback so yeah it just happened to be I found very much I found a lot of intrigue in that and then by putting it out on Twitter like you said it's a great medium for something like that because there's instant reaction I get positive and negative feedback or not even negative feedback more pushback of like they don't buy it i'm just like hey this is the trend i'm seeing so yeah now right. i'm refi- now i'm refining it into a weekly article and all that and gonna add to it it's gonna be a lot of fun this year I, i'm really looking forward to seeing where i could take it because you're right i i found this niche and i don't want this i just don't want to let it go now because i i feel like there's only one way to go with it and it's build on it right and it's of course definitely exciting but yeah like you said though it's, it's very very hard to find that because i, I just fell into it because i found something i was very interested in not that it's not possible heck someone could come doing it better than me you're right it's Cause I, no, no, it's hard to be original. So if you could find something you're really good at, even if someone else is doing it, just try to be unique with it. Just don't copy the idea. That's all I ask for. Like yeah. it's one thing. Like you, you people. Again, we're not original. I mean, maybe you are, but you know what I mean. Like I'm. It's hard. To, this day and age it's really difficult for me to do something that's original because everything der-
0: derived from something, though. You know, yeah, it's, it's re- really, really rare to come up with you know something that isn't inspired by something else. I mean, usually yes. it, it's a, it's a problem. Or you, you see. You see one statement and then you kind of go, you, you know, unravel from there. And maybe you go, you find a different take on something and then that's part of it there. Yeah. And sometimes it's build a better robot, but usually it's like build a, a different robot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely know what you're trying. I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's tough. <laughs> I, I yeah. know another way of putting it, but it's tough. It is. But before I get, let you get out of here, I don't want to give away all your secrets. I told you that's before, <laughs> this before we started. So, and I know you play in a lot of deep leagues. A lot of people listen to what you say. So I figured, three players outside the top 380p. And I i was—I should have referenced NFBC ADP because that's kind of like the main ADP data we have. It's my go-to. Yeah, that's usually my go-to as well. It's almost like the industry standard now for podcasts because it's the first ADP data we have until you know Yahoo and all of them open up. And But regardless, I'm rambling. So I figured I'd give you a chance to talk about three players that you like. I'm, I'd ask for your favorites. Again, I don't want to give away all your secrets. I've got you, three hitters for you. Um, oh, I love I, I try to go
0: non-reds uh just yeah. because you know avoid the bias oh, yeah. otherwise you gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. but i will say both closer candidates right now are in the 300s Perfect. uh and Pick maybe a, a, a tj antonio you want to include but i think he starts but uh anyhow besides those guys though edwin rios for the dodgers i justin turner signs with them okay all bets are off fine but for yeah. now he's going to be i think he's going to get most of the third base starts he can play some first you know they've the, they're going to find ways to get that bat in the lineup, and all he does is rake. Just crushes the ball. Uh, he's he's older than you think. He, he's 26 already. So and in fact, turns uh, 27 in April. So you're, it's not like this is young up and comer. But just look at his minor league stat log. You look everywhere he's gone, he's raked, uh, including with the Dodgers last year. Yeah, he's not going to run at all. So that that's one thing to keep in mind. But you get a guy that, that's third base eligible. Get a you know late third baseman there who could. Play his way into regular playing time and a great lineup. His ADP uh, currently on is 329 in the NFPC. My projections spit him out at 211. Now, keep in mind, that's without any sort of context. But um, I, I'm going to end up getting him fr- uh, frequently.
1: Yeah, Rios is a guy that he's been like a fantasy baseball darling, like an industry darling already early in, in the early drafts. And he's slowly creeping up people's boards because people are starting to buy in more and more, because especially now that they have Bauer. The money, not that. Well, I shouldn't say the money won't be there. It's the Dodgers, but maybe they're less inclined to spend on Turner because Turner wants what I thought I saw a report for like a four, three or four year deal or something he's looking for. Yeah, maybe? I kind of try to blow off most uh, <laughs> because yeah,
0: yeah, it, it, that's more likely. It's just. Typically, I think that's uh, yeah, you know, a lot of funny stuff. I mean, we see Nightingale being famously wrong on Thursday or <laughs> on Friday. So yeah, yeah, I, I try to just okay. It sounds like he's going to. I mean, if the local reporter says something, I'm more inclined to buy into it. With football, there's this established hierarchy. If Glazer says something, says something, it's going to happen. If Schefter says something, it's likely to happen. If Rappaport says that he's just trying to be
1: first. Um,
0: that, that's usually <laughs> the way I go with that. And I, I treat Nate and Gale Yeah, uh, I see
1: that. Passin, for me, is the guy that, if he says it, I believe it. Same. I agree. Yeah. I <laughs> played a he's...
0: score sheet lead with Passon, by the
1: way. Nice.
0: That's awesome. Great Shameless dude.
1: plug. He seems yeah, like he's... a cool dude.
0: Yeah, he is. It dates back to when he was still writing for the KC Star. Jeez. Oh, uh, so uh he he's been in the league for a while. It's an in only score sheet league. Uh, Sean Foreman's in that league, he's awesome at, uh, obviously. Uh just it's it's a tough league. It's a very tough oh, league I'm sure. I happen to be in like a division of death. Uh <laughs> Nate Stevens is another guy that some people might have heard of. He's he's written for Roto World before. I think he still does a little bit, but uh great great uh and passing and Nate and I are all in the same division, four team division. So it's just like we're just at each other's throats every single year. It's crazy.
1: Now, um, does he use his advantage the way he should, or does the league kind of stop that from being able to happen?
0: You know, honestly, it, it because it's the way score sheet works. It's very infrequent that it's we're so deep. There's no, yeah. You know, it's not like okay, he's been named the closer. Jump on him first of all. Score sheet doesn't, you know, the, and that's part of it too. A score sheet, you're building a real life lineup. You can have yes. whatever. Devin Williams could be your closer last year. It doesn't matter how many saves he got. It matters how good a pitcher he is, which I like. So it's more about player evaluation so that the information advantage that you might have is limited for him. Uh, it's all about player analysis. So I like good.
1: that. So you but, have the, I would say you have the edge then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Although... No, I, I, you know, I, have won in that league a couple of times, but you know, I'm not, I'm by far not, uh, the, the beast out there. I mean, it, it's a great league. Um, like I said, very difficult. King Kaufman is the—he's no longer in the league, but he started. He's now—well, I don't think he does—he writes sports anymore. He's more doing the political side of things. But he's another good writer that was in this league. Point is, it's a tough league. Um, yeah,
1: so, it sounds like a lot of fun though, man. I mean, uh, I like—I well, don't know about you, like those types of leagues are kind of my favorites because there's—it's—it's it's more than just fantasy at that point. There's a true competition there. It's a long-established league yep it's a lot of fun that's what that's what you gotta love and that's what you gotta love about tgfbi similar idea it's it's long established more people join every year and it's going up against everybody some people yeah. take it more serious than others unfortunately but at the, for the most part most people take it serious and it's a good time yeah
0: well that's but, why you yeah. need to get side bets going so you have some skin in the game yeah that changes that that will Get you to try all year. That's for I was sure. gonna say,
1: didn't, didn't Vlad last year put a little something out there? Is he gonna do it again, Vlad Settler? I yeah.
0: assume he would. Uh, I'm having Vlad on uh, next Thursday on the cast. Okay, so I'll ask- <laughs>
1: that's a good question because I know I, I'd be in on it this year. Last year I was a little apprehensive. 60 games. I was like, I'm not really interested. But this year sure. I'm all for that second that little secondary pool of his. But game back on track. Every, Evan Rios. Yeah, he was interesting. I looked into him a little bit as well. You know, the the change in launch angle. gained the uh, from 9.1 degrees to 14.5. He smashed the ball like you mentioned, a forty-five point eight percent hard hit rate, barrel rate of thirteen point six percent. The guy just gets good solid contact and just puts the ball like out of the park and hits it really hard. That's all there. The only issue is the strikeouts. He did show obviously uh, improvement there at twenty-one point seven percent. But it's just some of the contact concerns are still there when you look under the hood. So maybe he's like a better Joey Gallo in terms of the power not being as good, but the batting average could be a little better. So it's like that's why I feel like the comp is there because the power you, see, you mentioned, he just rakes and he's a lefty. So it's like mm-hmm. instantly comes to mind, Joey Gallo, but one that can hit the ball a little more frequently. Yeah. So I, I, really, I really, I really
0: like it K as frequently, but uh, yeah, that, that is that's the one thing I, there's probably going to be a lot of uh, volatility in that batting average. I'm probably yeah. a little too much on the bullish side about that. In fact, even last year, he, he caught fire at the end of September. He was like 196 on September 15th and blitzed in the stretch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, 240 is still a possibility.
1: 220 oh, yeah. is still
0: a possibility. But <laughs> I, have, I have him at 260, which maybe, maybe I'm a little rosy, too rosy on that. But um, the
1: good news is, is at his ADP, you, get, you can take the hit at the batting average absolutely. because he's going to give you a plus power and probably RBIs and all that, depending on where he hits in the lineup. Uh,
0: next guy on my list, Alex Dickerson. Uh, the if only he Ooh. could stay healthy guy. He stayed healthy, and we saw what he could do. Uh, he can hit for average, he can hit for power. He, he's kind of uh, a, a slow version of Mike Yastrzemski. Uh, you know, at least the, the, two, the 2020 Mike Yastrzemski because people weren't really buying in on him last year and you got him around 300. Uh, this year, you know, he, you're actually paying a little bit more for him. Dickerson, his ADP is 335. And I, I think he's going to play a lot. I mean, maybe the, the Kepler tries to platoon him uh, a little bit here and there and that could hurt him a little bit. Uh, but I see a guy that, you know, doesn't strike out a ton. Um, you know, it was like 17.6% last year, Uh and he hits for some power. The ballpark isn't as punitive as it used to be. Now, we'll see how that plays out over a full season, but those fences aren't moving back. Uh, so th- there's a guy that could be, uh I, I think, you know, outfielders. Like, you, it's always nice to find late outfielders. That's one I land on a lot.
1: Yeah. And Dickerson is a guy that I'm a sucker for uh, batting, uh, batting, plate discipline. Uh, So when you mentioned the strikeout rate that, you know, he's a career 18.2% guy, career 8.4% walk rate, and he showed that same skill in the minor. So that's something that's just followed him. And then the swing and miss isn't terrible. He does chase a little more than league average, but he still has a swing and strike rate less than league average, right around 10.6%, 10.6%, 10.7% with decent contact rates, which makes sense. So there is a floor there. And I do, And again, when you're getting somebody that late, you either go for an Edwin, Edwin Rios type, like you mentioned, because he gives you a plus skill or you fall back on a guy who offers a little like a little of everything in terms of the four categories, because he should hit top of the lineup more days than not and mm-hmm. has like a solid foundation in terms of a hit tool and plate discipline. So I like the Alan Dixon, Al, I can't say his name, Alex, Alex Dickerson. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like that pick. Thanks. Uh, and I'll give you one more hitter. Uh,
0: Nick Ahmed shortstop is a sexy position. Nick Ahmed is not that. However, <laughs> he's got a, sol- he's a solid floor guy. He's going to give you a modicum of power, a modicum of speed, 81st percentile sprint speed, a uh, bankable uh, batting average floor. I feel like, uh, and a little bit of power. He's not a zero there. Um, you know, you're looking at filling your middle infield spot at this point in time. Yeah. You're looking to maybe if you took a chance, say, uh, like Alberto Mondesi is one of your shortstops, one of your middle infielders, a guy with that much volatility, you know, he could win you stolen bases, but he could also lose playing time because he, he's so volatile. I mean, it's good to have your middle infielder then be a shortstop or have another shortstop. He's going to, Ahmed's going to play and he, he's going to provide a decent floor. And I know that Arizona is not the greatest place to hit. Uh, but if it's true that five more ballparks are adding humidors and the ball's going to be a little dead, or maybe that, that narrows, the, uh, narrows that down a little bit there, a little bit too. So I kind of I think he's a, a safe guy to have. And again, it's like, he costs you nothing, 362, uh, 362 ADP.
1: Yeah, and again, it goes back to just some of these leagues that you're in. You have to remember, playing time is a priority, especially when you get deeper in drafts. And he has that, and that right there carries some of the value. And again, that kind of brings like, uh, you mentioned a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. I think there's a, um, I'm trying to think of the word, an accumulation uh, the uh, kind of thing with him is like, you yep. know, as long as he plays, he'll kind of just run into those stats. So to speak. Yes, exactly.
0: Um, And I like that. I mean, you, you know, late in the draft, you, you know, it's, it's good to find one of those guys. Uh, So yeah, I, I think that, that that's the guy. And that's kind of, it fits the playing style. Say, if you you know, again, you don't want to have all these, all four guys late, but I think a, a couple of those are useful to have and allows you to take a chance, like on a wander Franco. So say if, Franco takes a lot longer to get caught up. Well, slot in Amit until he's ready and you'll be fine. You'll get plenty of production. And, you know, every player has a ceiling. Every player has an upside that some, you know, sometimes it's not palpable. And then Rick Porcello wins an MVP, uh, wins <laughs> a Cy
1: Young award. It
0: happens, you know. Oh.
1: Uh,
0: so finding floor guys <laughs> isn't necessarily limiting your up.
1: Yeah. And then you also, like you mentioned, you kind of have to do that whole, add these stats in while that guy gets ready. Then you put those stats and you just put it all together and you get one really good player. I can't think of the term right now, so I rambled on about it. But <laughs> regardless, so your three guys were Evan Rios, Alex Dickerson, and Nick Ahmed. Jeff, yes. I appreciate your time. I wasn't sure. I think that was everything. That was three guys. I only asked for three. So, yeah. See, all right, cool. But you're going to give me one of yours? Um, oh, I have, I, I'm I very, very open. I didn't bring mine, but I can. I, Evan Rios is actually on one of my lists. Um, man, oh, I actually like Joey Wendell a little bit. I know he's not sexy. Sure. I know he's not. He's probably not on a strong side of a platoon at best. But what I like about him is the um, the potential for a little bit of power and speed, mostly speed and batting average, I should say. The power is not a zero, but you'll be lucky to get double digits. But and let's see in in twenty eighteen he hit well, he played one hundred thirty nine games and in that season he stole sixteen bags, hit three hundred, and it's like he hasn't really been healthy. And when he's healthy, he tends to kind of give you that type of that type of production. I mean, the guy he gives you like elite level z con- uh, zone contact rates his, uh, the z contact of 94.4% was in 2020 and he's never mm-hmm. actually been under 90% for his major league career so that type of zone contact um, rate is is like i said it's elite level and it's coming from a guy that you're getting outside he's just he's at 306 since january 1st or at least that's what it was per my notes again i'm pulling this guy out of one of my articles i wrote <laughs> and i just <laughs> but yeah he's the guy that i'm really liking because you can get that contact rate, which should lead to a solid floor and batting average to to 270-ish, I'd say, would be the floor, in my opinion. And then you're getting double-digit stolen bases. Not sexy, not flashy, but, again, a guy you just plug in there, get your speed late, your batting average late. And you know the Rays. If he's on the strong side of a platoon and shows he can hit both sides, they'll they'll run him out there until he can't hit both sides anymore.
0: Right. So And and the defense plays. I mean, he's so good defensively. We all saw that playoffs. And – you know the the sprint speed uh, metrics underscore underscore like his stolen base upside, and that was one of the things that kind of you know if you because he didn't have great stolen base numbers the previous year in 2019, but the sprint speed was there and it kind of indicated hey he's got stolen base upside. He and Tios Tioscar were both kind of guys like that you could find, uh, and it worked out. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with uh, Wendell and. The thing is, I don't know how many positions he qualifies this year. I know definitely third, but I know he had multiple positions previously.
1: Where where does he I qualify wanna, this year? I want to say at least second and third this year. I think you're right um, about that point. I'll look up it now. up real quick. Again, I, I I came prepared to highlight yours, and now right, right, I'm like right. scrambling. I got this though. Um, Put you on the spot. You know, uh,
0: it's, it's fine. It,
1: it, it, I, I love talking. Trust me, I could talk players all day. That's never an issue. Second,
0: third, and short if
1: you play yep. in NPC. So that's yep, pretty. That's, handy. I keep just keep it's up. only
0: seven games to qualify there.
1: Yeah, so he's probably going to sustain that I would think this year. But regardless again, he's probably I know it's a little I think 300 like we're seeing right around 300 can be a little steep for a guy that might not play full time, but mm-hmm. in roto formats and again, you we're talking about a 162 game season, it's easier to absorb a strong side playing a platoon guy versus like last year where every game counted. This year, you can kind of take a breath again, you know, it's nice. So we can breathe a little bit. Yeah, and exactly. But yeah, he was the first guy that came to mind because he's somebody I've written up recently, and it was just the 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 hit tool paired with the the plus speed potential. Uh, That kind of that skill set plays late for me because I tend to attack other things throughout the draft, and that's kind of a nice what I would call a roster stabilizer. I kind of just plug in, set, and forget. And a real deep league guy, I'll throw out there in general is uh, Brandon Marsh. I think like I don't really I don't attack prospects early in deeper formats. But later I do. I'm all about taking them later, especially when they're likely to be up soon or in AAA and probably be up at least half a year. And Brandon Marsh uh, is, in my opinion, will get there. I mean, he was in A in 2019. He was in the alt site last year. The batting average can be questionable because the strikeouts, you know, he's shown the, to have some issue with them. Not necessarily terrible, but because they're there, you know, the, the 300 batting average you put up in 2019, I wouldn't bank on. But the stolen bases and the power there, he put up 18 that year, stolen bases, seven home runs. And I think he can come up, and with his walk rates always being north of ten percent, essentially, that will play to his on base skills, and he should be able to run for a team that will probably need to manufacture runs. So a lot of that, like that skill set, is kind of like it's that power speed combination with a track. I see it inside track two playing time sooner than later from the miners. I think he beats Joe Adele back up. To be honest,
0: I think so too. I think they're pretty clear that Adele needs time in the miners to improve on on his hitting side, the hitting side of the equation. Even on the defensive side, we saw that the off-the-glove homer last year. We all saw yeah. that, but, um, you know. And when your impediments are Dexter Fowler and Justin Upton, you know, it's it, it's a pretty clear sign that it's not going to take much. Now, I think they traded for Fowler just to buy them some sell some time with both Marsh and with Adele. Um, but it, it's not exactly uh, the immovable objects there
1: either. So, yeah, I think we see him by June. And that's get and that's a guy going almost pick six hundred like or at least again this is not updated ADP so that was pick six hundred but still outside the top five hundred so that's a guy that's going really deep you can fall back on AL only drafts and my favorites are DCs I play I play draft champions a lot yep. and he's a guy him and Jared Oliva guys I love to fall back on for those are like two of the rookies I draft almost as often as possible so see I, I give away my secrets because if someone someone's gonna have to re- reach to get them because it's not like I'm taking them at, at their ADP so. Yeah, if willing, they'll leave you something else if they take your gut. So yeah, funny. so exactly. So it's like, I'm, I've always been one of those, here's my people, do what you want with it. Good for you if they, if they hit, but if, if I miss, joke's on you as well. But, <laughs> right. but, uh, but in all seriousness, though, Jeff, um, I appreciate you joining me, man. Uh, again, plug all your work on the way out. Yeah, no problem. Uh, well, you guys can check it all out. Uh, Rotowire.com slash
0: free. Get you a free 10-day trial. You can check out my work and everybody else's work uh you can catch me on SiriusXM. Uh we're on 12 to 2 Monday through Thursday and I'm also on on Sundays from 1 to 3 Eastern Time. Uh and then doing three podcasts a week now. Uh and our, our whole crew is going Clay and James are doing the Prospect Pod on Wednesdays, Clay and Todd Zola on Friday are together. Uh we're, it's it's all on baseball now. You know, the Super Bowl's over. It's a traditional starting point for fantasy baseball season even if the work's been being done 3 weeks, 3 months prior, we you know, now everyone's kind of focusing on that now again too. So excited spring training is right around the corner it's awesome
1: don't forget everyone you could check them out on twitter as well at jeff underscore erickson and don't forget as well on your way out five-star rating review is greatly appreciated but of course we appreciate you tuning in and until next time we'll talk to you soon